And he is a good God. Amen. As Maori mentioned, uh, Pastor Rigo and, and Pastor Nancy are celebrating their anniversary. How many of us know that it is good to finish another year? Praise the Lord. It is good for those people who are married and those people who have a desire to get married, pray about it. But it is good to finish a year. Praise the Lord. It is awesome. And uh, we appreciate them. It's good to be back again, and it's actually exciting to be back again. Uh, last time I shared, I, I had a great time with you guys. I shared something that God really put in my heart, and once again, I have something that I believe that God has put in my heart for you. And um, this morning, uh, one of the church members came up to me and said, man, you, you, you just shared in such a raw way. And I, I said, that's the only way I know how to do it. So I'm going to do it again that way this morning. I'm just going to be real with you this morning. I'm going to be as open as possible so that we can relate and that we allow the Holy Spirit to do something new in this place. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Praise the Lord. Just ask the Lord this morning to take control of our thoughts, our hearts, and our minds. Is there anyone visiting us here for the first time? Is there, is there somebody here who is here for the very first time? Any first-time visitors? Did you raise your hand or are you scratching your eye? First-timer? Praise the Lord. Give him a clap offering this morning. Back at home at, at The Way, every time there's somebody new, we make a big deal about it because we believe that you're here because God brought you here, not because of anything else. Amen? So uh, we thank the Lord for, for bringing you this morning. This morning, the title is Terrible Truths. Terrible Truth. You know, how, how many of us know that tr the truth could be terrible sometimes? You guys know what I'm talking about? As a matter of fact, it's very difficult for us sometimes to even share the truth, right? And um, for those of you who don't know, sometimes my wife says, you only tell me part truth, right? I'm like, yeah, part truth, I tell you. I don't tell you the whole truth. I tell you part truth sometimes. And um, that conversation comes about when we're talking about the church or if there's a problem or there's an issue. I don't like telling my wife the whole truth when it comes down to problems and everything else. I tell her part truth. Any guys know what I'm talking about here this morning? And like my dad too, I only tell them part truth. I don't tell them the whole truth because then they get crazy, right? They don't, sometimes we can't handle the truth. But this morning the title is Terrible Truths. And um, for those of you who are wondering, man, how can a truth be terrible? Well, it could be terrible. It could be terrible. You know, how many of us know that sometimes we really focus on the temporal things? You know what I'm talking about? Like a lot of times in our lives we really focus on the temporal things. And God in his word tells us, listen. Whatever you may struggle, whatever you may be going on in your life, the temporal, it doesn't even come close to the eternal. And, and, and I want you guys to realize that this morning, as I get ready to get into the word of God this morning, that the temporal does not come close to the eternal and what God has for us. So this morning, like, when you hear that, you know, the terrible truth, you know, there are certain things in my life that are true that I've gone through that, that have been terrible. And there's four things I want to talk about this morning to introduce certain truths that are terrible. Now, this morning, if you have this going on in your life, help me out this morning. Help me out while I'm preaching. Clap. Give the Lord a love, you know, a clap offering. Just shout amen. You know, agree with me this morning. You can help me out this morning. I, I know that the music ministry, Amando's golden, man. I'm telling you, he... My wife tells me at church, do you know that you are not the worship leader? And I said, I know, but I just, I have my, my, I lead the people behind me. I have like a certain section that they love to sit behind me because I lead them in worship just like Amando does. That's golden right there. So this morning, man, just feel free. Shout to the Lord. Give the Lord a love offering with your mouth and worship him as, as, as we share the word of God. So look, sometimes in my life, I feel like, um, like uh, a feeling like the world is, is closing in on me, like, 
Uh, I, I don't know if I can explain myself very well, but this is something that I've, I've gone through in my life where I feel like uh, the world is, is closing in on me in such a way that it, it presents a lot of stress. Are you going to help me out this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Um, I, I mean, there are certain things that this life brings that it kind of closes in on you and, and you feel like this world is, is coming in in such a way that it builds an extra amount of stress. There's also moments in my life where I feel confused, and uh, it, it's a confusion that, that brings me to a point where I don't understand what is going on around me. You, you guys know, can you help me out this morning? Like a feeling where you're so confused that you just, you stop and wait for a minute and you say, what is actually going on right now? I'm just really confused with what is going on in my life right now. That has happened to me a lot of times. I've also felt in my life as if so many things are attacking me and, and persecuting me. And, and uh, maybe this is just my life, but there are certain times in my life where I feel like everything that is going on in my life, it's certain, certain like the enemy's aimed to destroy me. And it's like I'm feeling persecuted. Like I wake up with bad thoughts and I go to sleep with bad thoughts. Do I have any help here this morning? Like I feel persecuted. Like the enemy wants to take me out. Like I look around me and I say, wait one second. This is just too much this, uh, today. And the last thing that I have felt that's just a terrible truth in my life is that I've felt in my life, like I've gone through certain things in my life where it's just knocked me off my feet and I've been on my back. And it's hit me so hard that I've asked myself, how do I get up from this? Do I have any friends in the house of God? Those are some terrible truths that I wanted to mention to you this morning because as I live this life, there are some things that happen in our lives that we cannot get out. We, I mean, you, you just can't ignore and um, last time I was here, I shared a verse that this message came from. As I was sharing to you last time, I used a verse in the second book of Corinthians, chapter 4, verse 8. And I, as I was preaching it, God was giving me this message. It's crazy. It's crazy. And uh, I want to share that verse as, as we get ready to start this morning. It's found in the second book of Corinthians, chapter 4, verse 8. And it says this, we are hard-pressed. We are hard-pressed. The reason why I want to use that word hard-pressed in that verse this morning is because hard-pressed is the definition of like this world closing in on you. That's what that means. When you use the word and you use the, the word of God, it's good to understand that the Bible says that we are hard-pressed. That means that there are going to be times, a terrible truth, which is that you will feel in your life like the world is closing in on you. And, and it's awesome because right after it says that we are hard-pressed on every side, it means that you're being like, you know those cartoons or those movies where they're trying to hold the wall and everything's coming in on them? Well, the Bible says as you are going to be hard-pressed on every side, the Bible has an awesome promise, which it says you will not be crushed. You won't be crushed. And, and I started off the sermon talking about like the temporal things, right? And, and, and you focusing on the now situations. And the honest truth is that as Christians and as a church and as human beings, sometimes we get so caught up in the now moment, in the present moment, in the what's going on right now, and we forget about God is doing something in our lives. And you keep on reading this verse and it says, we are perplexed. And that word perplexed means that things are getting complicated, that things get confusing, that there will be times in your life where you just don't understand. But God is so faithful that he tells me you will not be in despair. So you are certain things, but you are not other things. Do you guys understand where I'm going with this this morning? 
I want you guys to understand that these terrible truths are used for God's platform, for his glory and his honor. And then the verse continues to say that we are being persecuted. And I discussed that, how we feel sometimes as, as we're being pursued and we're being harassed or attacked. And it's awesome because the Bible says that you're not forsaken. That you could be going through terrible truth, but God is faithful and he is doing something in our lives. And then the last one, which is my favorite, and I discussed it, where you feel you might be getting hit so hard that your feet are taken out from under you and you feel like you are on your face. The Bible says that you've been struck down, but you are not destroyed. And see, before I get into the sermon this morning, and before I start jumping off the walls here this morning, I want you to understand this introduction. I want you to understand that God is saying, look, there are some terrible truths in your life, but what you got to understand that I have glorious facts behind them, glorious things behind them. And we have to understand as a church that we cannot get caught up on the temporal and with what we see with these eyes and with what's going on around us. We cannot allow our condition right now in the present moment to destroy our future hope in Christ Jesus. We can't. We can't allow the condition, the situation in our lives right now to get us to a point where we are destroyed. Now, what I want to let you know this morning as well is as you go through these terrible truths, and you're going through certain situations in your life where you feel like the world is closing in on you or you feel like things are just so complicated or you're being pursued or maybe you feel like you're on your back and you, go, you just don't know where to go. You know, there are moments where you feel exhausted. This is for real people. This isn't for super spiritual people. This church isn't for you. No church is for you. Like real people, like when you're going through something in your life, these terrible truths where you get to the point that you are exhausted. You are exhausted spiritually. You are exhausted physically. You are exhausted emotionally. Like you come to a point in your life where you are just so exhausted, you throw your hands up and you say, well, I might as well just accept this. Real people, can you help me out this morning? Give the Lord a clap offering like really good this morning. Like there's times in your life where you feel like it's so complicated and this world is like attacking you and, and you feel like you're on the, on the floor and you just don't know what to do. That You just throw your hands up and you say, forget this. I might as well just live like this. I might just accept this. Do you know what the word to that is? It's adapting. You've adapted to the situation. What that means is, is that you've allowed the situation to change you rather than you change the situation adapting to a situation never never allowing the terrible truths to change you but using those terrible truths to change them right like to turn it around and say I'm not gonna change I'm gonna change the situation so this whole state of adapting is is just understanding that maybe the situation just will never change and because the situation won't change, I might as well change to survive in the situation. That's terrible. It's terrible to see a marriage who is so exhausted that they've just adapted to the life they have created. It's so terrible to see a youth or a young adult to see the circumstance and them lose hope 
and faith in the Lord and them adapting to the lifestyle and them changing their character and their convictions to the situation. This morning you must understand that just because the situation is exhausting, God hasn't called you to adapt to it, to create a lifestyle, to survive in the situation. They're terrible, they're truths, they're there, but God is so faithful to not become a people, to allow our lifestyle to comfort what we cannot change. Creating a lifestyle of comfort, a lifestyle where you throw your hands up and you say, well, whatever, I can't change this, so I might as well just live miserable in this circumstance. Listen, that is a lie of the devil. All things can change. It's a lie from the devil. The enemy wants you to believe that you have to adapt to a miserable marriage. The enemy wants you to adapt and believe that friendship should be miserable. The enemy wants you to believe that you're going to be alone for the rest of your life. The enemy wants you to adapt certain ways of living so that you can just be okay in life. So this morning, I want to talk about an individual that just has radically changed my perception of life. An individual that stirs up my future hope in Jesus. An individual that had terrible truth, a terrible truth. And we will cover it and look at it and we'll see how God is faithful. And I pray that as we get ready to start this message that the Holy Spirit just really speak to your heart this morning. And say, God, I'm here and, and I just want you to change me this morning. And allow the living word of God to change you this morning. In the, in the book of Mark chapter 10... Uh, the story is a well-known story. I've, I've read the story many times in my life, and, and I really want to discuss it as, as I've set the stage this morning with the introduction of terrible truths and understanding there are certain things that are there in our lives, but God is faithful, right? In chapter 10, verse 46 through 52, there's a story, an awesome story. I'm just going to read straight through with it, and then after that, I'm going to go individually and jump in and out of verses like you guys know I do and, and, and I'm used to doing. Uh, chapter 10, verse 46 in the book of Mark, it says this. Now they came to Jericho as they went out of Jericho with his disciples. And a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus. Somebody say blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet. But he cried out the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Awesome. Verse 49, so Jesus stood still. Somebody say, Jesus stood still. Jesus stood still. It says that Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer. Rise. He is calling you. Verse 50. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. Verse 51. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, teacher, that I may receive my sight. Verse 52. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Can you say amen? Can you give the Lord a clap offering for his faithfulness? So let's get into this story. Now, now, the main character, the individual that we're going to be talking about today 
is Bartimaeus, right? Can you say amen to that? It's Bartimaeus. But it's interesting to see how the Bible categorizes Bartimaeus right off the bat. It categorizes Bartimaeus with his issue, with his problem, which is that he is blind. I want to let you know this morning that if people are categorizing you by your problem before your name, you got issues. Have you ever met somebody and say, oh, ese mentiroso, es un descarado. Leo, yeah, I know that guy. Oh, the adulterer, yeah, I know that. You know, guys know what I'm talking about, right? We do it all the time. When you say somebody's name and they're like, no, I don't know who that is. You know that, the thief, you know that guy that steals all that? Oh, I know that guy. You know what I'm talking about? See, blind Bartimaeus is introduced with his issue, which is that he is blind. He is blind. Can we say amen to that? It's like the Bible says that we will be persecuted, that we will be struck down, that we will be hard-pressed. A terrible truth in this story is that Bartimaeus is blind. Now you hear that and you're like, man, that guy's life is terrible. It's not really that bad. And we'll see why. So as, you, as we start this story, it says that blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, and that's interesting in itself. Why do you say that? Because there's a lot of people in the Bible that we don't know their names. Do you, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Like the woman at the well. Like all the sons that were sick that Jesus went to go, you know, my son is sick. There's so many people in the Bible that, that you don't know their name. Like when you get to heaven, you know, somebody may rock, walk up to you and say, hey, my name's Alex. I was the woman at the well. You may know me by that story. You know, you just don't know them. But here, it gives you the name of the individual. Not only does it give you the name of the individual, it gives you his lineage. Very important. And I'm going to close the sermon with that so that you guys understand where, where I'm coming from. Here is an individual that I believe is important. An individual that the Bible is describing as, you know, a, an individual who's blind, but he is the son of. He's an important individual. Now, as you read here, it says that Bartimaeus, the blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And you might be saying, man, I, I can't relate to this because, you know, I, I'm not a beggar. You know, I'm not blind. But the honest truth is that there are moments in our lives where we lose our vision and we act crazy. And there are moments in our lives where you may not think so, but we become beggars. Now, when I think of this story and I look at Bartimaeus and, and the Bible describes him as an individual who begs, I think of what a beggar does and I think of my life and, and I realize that beggars live every moment for that temporal blessing, for that moment where they're going to receive something, but that thing is going to run out. And they live a life continuously begging and continuously filling and refilling, filling and refilling. That's what a beggar does. They beg. When they run out, they re-beg. And in my life, I've seen myself searching for the temporal, searching for the things that fill me at that moment. But at the end of the day, I'm thirsty again. I'm hungry again. That need rises up again. And here is this individual who sits by the road. And that's frustrating as well because in a road you see people walking. Well, he can't see, but at least he'll hear people walking by. I don't know if you've ever been there where you've seen yourself sitting by the road and people are walking by that road and people are being blessed and people are getting married and, and you can just sit there and do nothing. And it's frustrating. It's, it's depressing, right? But here is blind Bartimaeus begging, and, and I'm sure it was a routine, every single day begging and asking, and every day somebody contributing to his situation. You know, Bartimaeus realized he was blind and he had to do something. So what he did was he put on his, you know, he, he, the Bible says he had a coat and he begged for money. You know, I don't know if he used a cup or I don't know if he used a can or whatever, but 
He created a lifestyle to survive. He's adapted to this lifestyle. And he's living this life of a beggar. He's sitting by the road begging and asking for money. And this guy, he's met people. <clears throat> people have given him money. But at the end of the day, he's been left with an emptiness that couldn't be filled by man. An emptiness where people deposited something and he was super happy. And he's like, whoa, I have food to eat today. But at the next day, when the sun would rise, he'd recognize that now he'd have to go beg for more. And look, I'm here to tell you that there's no relationship that's going to fill you. There's no job that's going to fill you. Because those things will leave you empty at the end of the day and you will become a beggar, man. Do you know how many Christian beggars I've met in my life? People who think it's about a job, people who think it's about a relationship, who live for the spur of the moment, and when they feel like they've been blessed, they're happy. The day of tomorrow, that cup is going to be empty once again, and they're going to have to go back to that job. They're going to be searching for another relationship, and it's just a continuous life of begging, of begging, and of begging. So here's this man who's sitting by the road, a life of heartbreak, I don't know how many people you've trusted in. I don't know how many relationships you've trusted in. But I'm here to tell you one thing, that Jesus Christ is the only one that has filled me. My first day that I met him and ever since then, he's never left me void. Every time I've asked, he's given me. I've never seen myself in a state of want where he can't fulfill. So here's blind Bartimaeus sitting by the road begging. A life that has led him you know, there are so many people who have told me, no, but the church is this and the church is that. And I'm like, you're right. The church is everything that you said. But there's one person who isn't, and that's Jesus. It's Jesus. So you got a, a fact here today that Bartimaeus is blind, right? You guys know that? The Bible's clear. Look at verse 47. And when he, what does it say? He what? He heard. It's awesome that Bartimaeus is blind, but he's not deaf. Oh, Jesus. Listen, I'm going to try to behave myself because I screamed a lot last time I was here, and, and I'm trying to behave myself. <coughs> and my throat is acting a little funny, but it says that Bartimaeus was blind, correct? So he is blind, but he is not deaf. You know what I've learned about Bartimaeus after I finished this preaching? That one thing in his life does not define him. <laughs> Do you know how many people allow one tragedy to define their life? You may look at Bartimaeus and say, Pastor, he has no hope. He's blind. No, he has hope. He has a lot of hope. He may be blind, but he could still hear. And you look at your life and you're probably saying, Pastor, you don't understand. I've been molested. I've been hurt. I've been left. I've been rejected. I've been destroyed. I've been this. I've been that. And I'm going to tell you, you're right. That is a terrible truth. But the honest truth is, is that you have to find something within you that you are not. Give the Lord a clap offering this morning. So many people focus on what you've lost. And what you don't have. And it is true. It's a terrible truth to know that you've lost a loved one. It's a terrible truth to realize that your marriage is destroyed. It's a terrible truth to understand that your children are not following the ways of the Lord. Those are terrible truths. Terrible truths. And for me to sit here and say that they are not true, they'd be a lie. 
But God is so faithful, as the book of Corinthians says. And as this man shows us that he is blind, and it's horrible, but he can hear. But he can hear. And the Bible says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. So I'm here to tell you today that you may be going through something that is a terrible truth. But as the words come out of my mouth, I'm here to tell you today that you can rise and that you can walk and that you can see and that you can love and that you can respect. Because it's the word of God. And you might be saying to yourself, man, my life is this and my life is that. And it's a terrible truth that I cannot deny. But I'm here to tell you that if you can hear the words that are coming out of my mouth, your faith can be made strong. He can hear. Pastor, you just don't understand what I've gone through. No, I, I understand. But let's find something you do have. You know, God doesn't need anything you've lost to perform a miracle in your life. God cares about what you have. You know, the little boy, he cared about what he had. You know, the widow, he just cared about what she had. God didn't care what they lost. You know, if you've lost it, it's because God allowed it to happen. It's a terrible truth. I don't even know how to explain it sometimes. I tell people in my church all the time, I don't know. I don't know. I don't try to be super spiritual and understanding all things. I just say sometimes, I don't know. But what I do know, (laughs) but what I do know, today I want you to tell the devil and remind him of the things you still have. Can we do that? (laughs) The devil so many times comes to my ear and whispers in my ear, what happened to so-and-so? What happened to this? And every time I start thinking, it's about everything I've lost. And that's me speaking, you know. And sometimes we just got to tell the devil, wait one second. What about the things I do have? What about the things that that the Lord God Almighty has allowed me to still have? You know, many times the enemy comes and reminds me of certain things that Lucas, certain situations Lucas is going through. But I have to remind the devil the things that Lucas does have. Give the Lord a clap off because that's dear to my heart. I was going to try to maintain myself and keep myself, but it's just, I'm sorry this morning. I'm just going to preach it till the roof flies off this place this morning. So in verse 47, it says that when he heard, when he heard, he can't see, but he can hear. We're hard pressed, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. This man was blind, but he can hear. And it says that he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. So he began to cry out. He was blind, but he can hear. He was blind, but he was not mute. I want you to start understanding that there are certain things in your life that you do have. And that what you do have, God wants to use for his glory. Stop focusing on what you don't have. Stop focusing on what isn't. 
and focus on what is. The Bible says all over the book of Psalms and everywhere the psalmist writes in his, in his, in his word, he says, oh, the Lord hears my cry. Do you know the power that you have in hearing? Do you know the power that you have in speaking? <laughs> By the end of the story, you will recognize that God is teaching us what true blind faith is all about. That's good. If you missed that, I hope you hear it again. But this is a story that teaches us what blind faith is about. Man can't see. That's blind faith for real. So what does it take to have blind faith? If you hear and you can talk, you can have faith. So many times we focus on what we don't have and we forget on what we do have. The power of hearing, the power of speaking. Listen, your hearing grows your faith. Your speaking grows your proclamation. At the name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus. He starts crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You may be feeling bad for this guy, and you might be thinking this guy's life is, you know, I tried looking up a, a word, and to be honest with you, what I really wanted to title this is things that suck. But I didn't think that the Urban Dictionary would help me out as much as the terrible, because at least in my church, if I start off a sermon with things that suck, I'd lose 80% of the people. But here, I think I'm okay. Can I, can I do that? Yes, I could say that at New Life North, right? Things that suck. I don't know if you want to title that up there like that, but if whatever you guys want and whatever Pastor Rigo allows, but... Here's this man shouting out, have mercy on me. How beautiful is that? I think he was tired of the emptiness that the people were dropping off in his container. I think he was tired of the fake people he'd meet on a daily basis. On the side of the road as people walked on by. He was just sick and tired of people dropping something on and contributing to his life that he's adapted to. And he says, I'm just tired of this. You know, it takes somebody really tired of their circumstances to do something different to get a different response. He had to do something different. You know those people that do the same thing every day? The same people that come on Sunday? The same people that do the same thing? Well, just maybe God is calling you to come to that weekly service. Well, just maybe God is calling you to fast a little bit more. Well, just maybe God is calling you to pray a little bit more. Well, just maybe God is telling you to get to church on time so that you can really worship God. Well, just maybe God's telling you to get out of the chair and go to the altar call and do something different about it. Because you're getting the same result and the same outcome every single time. So do something different. You want a different husband? Do something different. You want a different child? Do something different. You want your spouse to get pregnant? Do something different. You want God Almighty to come down from his throne of grace and visit you in a miraculous way? Well, do something about it. Or, or, You can sit by the road, just 
begging. Just begging. And then you get something in your cup. This is it. The temporal. Oh. You know, I met so many people who fill their cups with the temporal. And the next day they're back on the road begging for the temporal. Oh, man. And then they think God is so great because they've been blessed with the temporal. But the temporal is going to run out real soon. So you want something different? Then do something different. This man was tired of what he had been experiencing. So we see that the man is blind, but the guy can hear and the guy can speak. And verse 48, because the enemy knows how to come against us. It says that many warned him to be quiet. Have you ever met somebody who's warned you to be quiet? Amando, never be quiet. They don't like it them to move to the other side of the church. Can I tell you a true testimony? Well, when I first started church at the age of 22, right, the, I think in this room the only crazy person that was following me at the time and, and the call in my life was, was Tito maybe. I, I think that's about it, maybe, at the age of 22. At the age of 22, we were in a warehouse, probably Tito would, I would probably think by this wall, and I don't know, man, maybe, it's fine, it's a calendar. From that wall to probably mm, midway, maybe, not even, 600 square feet. And I would sit in the front row all the time. That's where I sat for all my life of salvation, either here or here. That's all I've done. And my wife was leading worship, and, and I can promise you, and, and, and I'm in the house of the Lord, we were like literally like three feet away. We had drums in there and everything. We went full out. And my wife used to tell me, listen, can you do me a favor? I said, what, honey? She says, can you not sing in church? I said, what? She said, yes, we're too close in that place, and you just throw me off. I can't even concentrate. I said, what? It was so close that when I put my hands up to worship the Lord, I'd touch her hands. And she used to tell me, man, can you not sing? Can you just be, a, can you tone it down? I said, I absolutely will not turn it down. I will not turn it down. I am going to shout it from the rooftop, man. And here you, you'll notice that in, in verse uh, 48 it says that they warned him to be quiet. It's like, I, I don't know. It's not like they told him to be quiet. It's like they warned him. I guess they like, we're going to, I don't know. Like warn is a strong word. Like, you better be quiet. They're warning him. And it says this, that once uh, his, I would say maybe friends, I don't know. You can consider them what I look at them as enemies. But I guess the people that had the right to talk to him warned him. And they said to him to be quiet. You know what he did? He yelled louder. You know, that's what the church needs, right? People who can just scream a little louder. Just to scream a little louder. Because the enemy wants to shut your mouth. The enemy wants to do everything in his power to tell you, listen, be quiet. That guy walking by, even though you think it's Jesus, ignore it. He has nothing for you. You know what's captured my attention, my attention throughout the time? That there's a church that has lost their aggression to reach out for God. Like, 
the woman with the issue of blood, she was aggressive. Zacchaeus was aggressive. The prostitutes, the whores, the people who needed Jesus, they were aggressive. But in today's day and age, the church is too proper. And the church has become a place where it's on the hour, every hour, you can come to the 9 o'clock service and the 10 o'clock service. You can have some Danishes and coffees and thank you for your welcoming and have a great day. Don't cry. Don't have tissue papers in the church. Don't do that because that's not a place for that. Let's be, let's be cool. Let's be hip. Let's be this. Let's be that. Let's have a lot of lights and a lot of smokes. I'm down with all that but never removing the presence of Jesus. And when the presence is present, then things happen. When the presence is present, the sick shall run to the presence. The brokenhearted shall run to the presence. The ill will run to the presence. The outcasted will run to the presence. When it is present... So his enemies told him to be careful and be quiet. And he started shouting out the more, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. And verse 49, just, just look at this because I'm excited this morning. Verse 49, it says that Jesus kept on walking by. What does it say? He stood still. It's the best verse of the story. It's the, it's the best verse of the story. That Jesus stood still. To the blind man who was able to hear. To the blind man who was able to speak. Jesus stood still. He didn't stand still for anybody else but for the blind man. I tell Jesus today, if you heal me or you don't heal me, if you bring back or you don't bring back, if you grow the church or you don't grow the church, if you strip me from the church or you give me three more churches, whatever you want to do, God, but just have Jesus stay still. It was enough that Jesus stood still. Was he healed yet? It doesn't matter. What matters is that Jesus stood still. God Almighty heard him and stood still. Turns his way and directs a word to him. That's all I want. That's all you should want. Because if that happens, everything else doesn't matter. If Jesus just stops and you get his attention and he looks your way, that's all you need. It's not your marriage. It's not your children. It's not your ministry. All you need is for Jesus to stay still. Here's blind faith at its best. Here it is. 
It says that Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man saying to him, I I wonder who it was that called the blind man. Do you think it was those people that told him to be quiet? If I was Jesus, I would have told the same people that told him to shut up to go get him. That would have been awesome. That would have been spectacular, right? Grab the same, I mean, it's biblical. The enemy shall be your footstool, you know, put the enemy under your feet. There's a song about that. He's under my feet, you know. Jesus, grab the enemy and tell him to go. That would be awesome. I just don't know. I wish I could do that, but I'd be taking that out of content. I don't know. It says this. He stood still. Then they called the blind man saying to him, be of good cheer. Rise. He is calling you. Rise. He is calling you. Rise. He is calling you. So today I brought this. Bible says he's got a, a coat on. I just grabbed the cup because I, just to be relevant in today's day and age, I've never seen a beggar without any container, so I just, just grabbed the container. And uh, it says that he's calling you, be of good cheer. The man was blind, but he could hear. The man was blind, but he could speak. The man was blind, but he can walk. (laughs) And the Bible says, be of good cheer. Man, be encouraged. So the Bible says that he is calling you. And and I want to focus on that calling because underline it and highlight it. And if you're taking notes, make a note of this. I want to let you know that he had a decision to make. He had to put in compromise that in which led him to live the life of a beggar. He had to put everything he knew on how to survive. He had to let go of it. You need to let go of what you've accustomed your life to be. You need to let it go. When Jesus calls you, you need to let go of that relationship. When Jesus calls you, you got to let go of that friendship. When Jesus calls you, you got to let go of whatever it is you use to adapt your lifestyle to that life. You might be saying, Pastor, that's easy, man. That's, man, if I was that guy, I would have gotten up out of my chair. Would it? Because there are a lot of things that God calls us to do that we don't do because we're scared of what we've created to live our lives in a state of being adapting to it. So this man with his coat, this man begging, Jesus says, call him. And you have to ask yourself, does he drop it? What does he do? And I'm asking you today, you may be in a state of being blind in a certain area. You may be sitting by the road watching people walk on by. You may be in a situation when you're in drastic need. And God is saying, listen, come to me. And you have to make a decision. Will you come in order for you to come? You got to drop the earthly and grab the divine. They both don't work together. You think Jesus was going to accept him with that coat and that begging? Jesus doesn't want that. 
So you know what the man does? It says he throws whatever he had. How many of us hold on to that which is allowing us to live a life of a beggar? Let it go. Just let it go, man. I can't do things normal. I have to, like, turn around and really, like, throw it away because if not, I'm going to tend to go back and grab it kind of thing, you know? And the Bible says that he, throwing aside his garment, rose and came to Jesus, leaving that behind. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The man was blind, but he could hear. The man was blind, but he could talk. The man was blind, but he can walk. And now verse 51, the man was blind, but he had faith. All you need is faith in this life. The Bible says it is impossible to please God without faith. All you need is faith. Whatever it is that you're going through, you need to have real faith. You got to throw aside that in which you've played, placed your faith in. You know what this man had his faith in? The coat and that thing he begged with. That was where his faith was. And Jesus says, if you want to come, come. And he threw that away. He threw it aside. And then you keep on reading and it says, and Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight. You know, there are times in our lives where we feel that we can't see, and it is true. But I want to let you know here today that God sees. God sees. I want to let you know today, even though you feel like you're lost and you're going through something that maybe you feel that there's no hope, that God still sees. And today I want to end off with this because I want to ask you a question and I want you to really respond to me here this morning. Out of this story, what do you think the worst thing of this guy's life was? Do you guys just shout it out? What do you think the worst thing was? What was it? The fact maybe that he couldn't see was the worst thing? Could you agree? It's not a trick question. The answer is he was blind. I remember when I was in school, they would ask a question, and I thought I knew the answer. And I'm like, it's got to be wrong because if I know the answer, it's too easy. So I would never answer. And then once the teacher would say the answer, I'd say, man, I knew that. And they'd look at me and say, you didn't know that. That's just my life, the way I felt in school growing up because I felt, you know, if I knew the answer, it was wrong because it was too easy. So every time they asked an easy question, I thought it was a trick question. But this is not a trick question. What is the worst thing of this story? Now you can answer. He was blind. That is the worst thing of this story. To me, and... It's, it, I'm not saying, oh, don't say, oh, you lied, but I'm, I'm just saying that I, as I studied and I prayed and I saw this story for what it was, I found out something else that was worse, that he was blind. Can I share it with you? The Bible says, and I told you that I was going to go back to this verse to finish the sermon off. The first verse, the first verse of this uh, story, it says, now they came to Jericho as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was in the road begging. The worst thing of this story is this. The Greek, the Hebrew, 
the wording of his name means a lot. And I told you how the story started off describing who he was. You're probably wondering where I'm going with this, right? The definition of his name was son of honor. Son of honor. That's what Timaeus means. Bart is son. Bartimaeus, son of honor. Do you know how many sons of honor are living a life of begging? I think the biggest problem was this guy not realizing who he was. He was a son of honor. You know what the problem with the church is in today's day and age? And I can say this because I'm part of the church. I can talk bad about Cubans because I'm Cuban. You know what I mean? Do you know what the problem is about the church? I can say that because I am the church. You know what the problem is? Is that we don't recognize that we are sons and daughters of honor. A son and a daughter of honor can be blind, can be whatever, and they will still be in Christ and in joy. There are so many sons and daughters of honor that are living a life of begging. That's the biggest problem here. They don't know who they are. This guy took on a life of begging and he was a son of honor. Do you know how many people go back to a lifestyle that God hasn't called them to live? Because they are sons and daughters of honor. The biggest problem of this story, the biggest issue of the church, is that we don't recognize that we are ambassadors. That we don't recognize that we are a chosen generation. That we don't recognize that we are the bride of Christ. That we don't recognize that we are blood-bought saints. That we don't recognize who we are. We don't recognize our DNA. We don't recognize that the Holy Ghost dwells within us. We don't recognize that greater is He who is in us that is in the world. We don't recognize that we are sons and daughters of God, of honor. Bartimaeus, a son of honor, begging. God has called them for so much more. The prodigal son who's laying in filth and dwelling with pigs. The Bible says that he comes to his senses and he recognizes who he is. He recognizes who he is. And the Bible says that when he recognizes who he is, he throws everything down. And he runs back to the Father because he recognizes who he is. New life. Recognize who you are. Because if you know who you are, blindness won't get in your way. If you recognize who you are, loneliness will not get in the way. If you recognize who you are, divorce will not get in your way. When you recognize who you are, rape, molestation, heartache and everything else that the world throws in your life cannot come against you because you are a son and a daughter of honor recognize who you are when you recognize who you are it doesn't come close to what you're going through it doesn't come close to what you're going through when you recognize who you are you recognize the things you do have and you look at the things that you don't have as what scripture calls it to be which is the Bible giveth and
and the, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh. So maybe, just maybe, the diagnosis is true. Just maybe. Just maybe it's hard for you to smile. Just maybe. the truth is terrible in your life but I'm here to tell you to focus on what you have it's not really that bad will you live begging will you cast it aside say God I want you man I need you can we stand this morning heads with me this morning. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed this morning. Can you repeat these words with me? I am sink into your heart this morning. Oh God, we are, but we are not because you are faithful. Lord, we may be going through some terrible truths in our lives, but God, you are faithful. God, you are faithful. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit right now just minister to your people, God. I pray in the name of Jesus where all knees shall bow down and all tongues confess. I pray in that precious name. I cry out, Jesus! Jesus! Listen, today, if you are tired of sitting by the road begging, if you're just fed up and you know that there is more for your life if you know there is more my God and you've created a lifestyle that because you feel that there can't be any change you've adapted that life to be normal I'm here to tell you that that is not a normal life it's not normal listen today where you are at if you're tired Jesus is calling you can you call him where you're at and he is telling you come can you come today can you come to this altar and let go of whatever you've been holding on to can you grab whatever has been bringing you temporal joy and put it aside and say God I need your heavenly touch I want to remove the earthly and I want the divine. Today. Oh, can you focus on what you have? The altar's open for you right now. 
He's waiting for you to ask you, what is it that you want? If you feel that the life that you are living, the truths within it, have stolen your joy, has misplaced who you are, and you want to be a child, you want to come to the Lord and say, God, I need you. The altar is open for you right now. The altar is open for you. your children and you need a change in your life let's pray to the one who can change it I don't want you to change because of the situation I want you to change the situation through the power of Jesus is open for marriages the children is open for you young adult the altar is open for you young person Jesus is walking by who will cry out who will shout who will not care and say Jesus Who will scream with me this morning? Jesus! 